What's the most popular drug in the world right now? Are, are you trying to get me to say that it is AbbVie's Humira? Uh, okay, let's start again. Uh, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> okay, but before we do, is it Humira or Humira or Humira? How should we say it? Should I pull up an ad real quick from AbbVie and then we would know? Yeah. If you have moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis and you're talking to your doctor about your medication, this is Humira. This is Humira. It's it's Humira. I just I just Humira. Okay. Our colleague Jared Hopkins covers the drug market, and that includes what has been, at least until the COVID vaccine, the world's best-selling drug. In normal times, Humira was king. What made it king? What's so great about it? It is a highly effective drug, and it's approved to treat arthritis and a number of other autoimmune diseases that are sort of debilitating for millions of people. How much does it cost? At the moment, uh, an annual list price is about $90,000. Wow. Yeah. And that high cost has drawn a lot of criticism. I think what's captured a lot of people's sort of attention is the idea that this hugely successful and widely used drug has not had any competition from cheaper products. And part of the reason for that is because the company engaged in a strategy to sort of thwart off competition. A strategy that the company making Humira says was legal. But this month, Humira is finally getting some competition. You have like sort of a whole cadre of companies coming in for this Humira treasure chest of, of sales. It could be like a, a bloodbath here. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Thursday, February 9th. Coming up on the show, how the world's best-selling drug fought off competition for decades. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. Humira's been around for over 20 years, and it hasn't had any competition thanks to the American patent system. Essentially, a patent protection affords drug makers sort of exclusive opportunity to sell in the marketplace. Because it kind of protects the research and development and the cost of inventing this thing. Right. So for, for drug makers, you know, they say they pour the millions, if not billions of dollars into research and development, you know, developing, testing, and then the patent is allowing them to then 
get a return on that investment for a certain period of time. Humira is what's called a biotech drug, meaning it's made from living cells. And these types of drugs have 12 years of patent protection. But the company that sells Humira, called AbbVie, came up with a strategy to legally extend that protection. It took out dozens of patents to further protect Humira from potential competition. How many other patents? Uh, more than 100. Wow. Is that an unusual strategy? It is somewhat unusual. So on the one hand, biotech drugs like Humira are more complicated to design, develop, manufacture, administer than a pill or a tablet. And so as a result, they have more patents and more sort of IP, intellectual property, around them. Some of Humira's patents covered things like the drug's formulation and manufacturing methods. However, if you talk to experts, you do see that Humira and AbbVie, their patent situation is a little bit more aggressive. They extended that period of time uh, a lot further than what some people thought was possible, some people thought was appropriate. Has AbbVie responded to that criticism? AbbVie's general uh, response is that they're taking a legal strategy, they want to protect their patents, and they want to protect their intellectual property. With these 100-plus patents, AbbVie didn't have to think about competition when setting the price for Humira. When the drug was first released, a month's supply cost a little over $1,000. But over time the price has gone up a lot. I I have the receipt, the invoice for the last shipment I got of Humira, which was in June of 2017, and it was $4,611, I think it was. I have it on my desk. But anyway, that's what one month's supply was, $4,600. This is Sue Lee. Sue is 80. She lives in Kentucky. She's a retired executive assistant. Back in 2017... That $4,600 price tag for Humira is what Sue would have had to pay if she was uninsured. But Sue did have insurance, so she only had to pay a $5 copay every month. Sue was taking Humira for plaque psoriasis, a painful skin condition that she's had for decades. It's the itching. The itching can absolutely drive you crazy. How does a psoriasis affect your everyday life? Well, it affects what clothes you wear. Uh, It got so bad. It was from my ankles to the tips of my ears. I bought all brand new towels and uh, horse cloths because the ones I had were too rough. Mm. Just stuff like that, you know. While she was taking Humira, Sue's life was much more comfortable. For me, Humira was the wonder drug. I didn't have any sores. My clothes, I could wear whatever I wanted to. Uh, if I wanted to wear short sleeve shirts, I'd, you know, no sores. It was wonderful. But then Sue retired. And with the end of her job, her private insurance also ended. So she went on Medicare. So when it came time for the next shipment in July, it was going to cost me too much money. It was going to cost me like more than double what my Social Security check was. 
On Medicare, Sue said she would have had to pay that more than $4,000 price tag every month out of her own pocket. But her Social Security check was less than $2,000 a month. So Sue stopped taking Humira. What went through your mind when you realized you wouldn't be able to keep taking it? I cried. I cried a lot because I knew that I was never going to be able to afford the medicine. I could almost cry now because I'm not sure insurance companies realize how painful that disease is. How it it doesn't kill you, but it alters your lifestyle. I didn't see any hope. Other drug makers had been developing their own versions of Humira, basically generics. But with biotech drugs, generic versions are called biosimilars. These competitors wanted a piece of Humira's billions of dollars in annual sales. Other companies have run trials on Humira biosimilars, and the FDA approved their Humira biosimilars. I mean, a whole bunch were approved, actually, starting in 2016, but they didn't launch. And the reasons why they didn't launch is because the companies were caught up with litigation with AbbVie. Several drug companies have sued for the right to bring cheaper versions to the market. It's very common in the drug industry for generic or biosimilar companies to sort of be engaged in litigation with the original companies. Starting in 2016, AbbVie sued multiple competitors, keeping several biosimilars off the market. There's a huge fight. And then at a certain point, the companies settle, they come to the table, you know, they pretend that they're friends for a good afternoon as they sign all their legal papers. Eventually, the companies agreed on a date when Humera's patent protection would end and competitors could launch their rival drugs. And that date was last week, on Tuesday. For AbbVie, there's two worlds. There's, you know, before Tuesday when there were no biosimilars in the U.S., and then there's after Tuesday. After Tuesday is after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. How well do we know the people we work with every day? We share lunches, jokes, and deadlines, but are we aware of the unseen struggles we often face silently? Stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or feeling misunderstood at work? Through insight, awareness, and empathy, we can start to better see the issues our coworkers are dealing with, and that can make us and our companies healthier, too. Join Holly Robinson-Pete and her guests on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Okay, so let's talk about the after Tuesday world, if you will. Yeah. If I go to a pharmacy to pick up my Humira prescription, will there be biosimilars available? 
So it depends on your health plan, but the answer is that yes, there is a biosimilar out there now from Amgen called Amgevita, and uh, it is a biosimilar to Humira, which means it's near identical. You could ask your physician for it if you want it, or you could ask your pharmacist. Are there others? There are at least eight others that are due to launch later this year, starting in July. That seems like a lot. It's actually the most biosimilars for any biotech drug uh, so far in the United States. And that's because Humira is such a big seller that there is a huge opportunity here for companies to try and capture share of the market and, and capture some of that sales. For AbbVie, these changes are going to sting. Humira's perspective, you know, a couple years ago, it sold $21 billion in sales. It was its peak was $21 billion. By next year, it's going to go down to about $8 billion, according to analysts. That's a huge drop in sales in under two years. That's massive. It's huge. Will that result in lower prices for patients? That, that remains to be seen, but, but the idea is that it will drive down prices in the market and ultimately lead to uh, savings for health plans. Sue Lee says she hasn't been able to afford Humira for five years. I asked her what she thinks about the new competition. You know, I've thought about it because I hear there's going to be like six do drugs this year in competition with you, Humera. That's what I've heard. I think it's eight. Eight? Yeah. And that's wonderful. But here's the thing. If today Humera is 14,000 plus, then a competitor can be 10,000 plus. I'm still going to be in the same position as are a lot of other people. I don't think it's going to help people because I think it's going to be expensive. So you'll make do without them. Yeah, I make do. I mean, I have a high pain tolerance and I do enjoy staying at home. So when the, I can't tell you the last time I wore a skirt show off my legs because, you know, the sores, and I'm not a vain person, but. But you like to show off your legs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's patients like Sue Lee that some of Humera's competitors are hoping to reach. There is a huge interest amongst health plans and insurers for a cheaper version of this drug that patients can use and that physicians can adopt. There's interest because it could potentially save them a lot of money. A biosimilar reduces a cost of prescription for these health plans for employers 20 to 30 percent, each prescription. I mean, that's not a small lump of change. And while the launch of these new drugs may bring down prices, it may also have some lasting effects. Yeah, I mean, a lot of drug pricing critics or people who want uh, drugs to be more affordable and for prices to come down point to AbbVie and to point to Humira as sort of the poster child for rising drug prices and what they see as abuse of the U.S. patent system by pushing and, and, and taking out more and more patents for the drug uh, over time. 
At the same time, other companies have seen the success of Humira's patent strategy. I mean, there are a lot of people in the industry who look at the lessons of Humira and say, wow, what can we do within uh, the walls of our company to have lots of patents and drive up record sales and keep off competitors? Replicate it. Right. You know, there are a lot of complicated drugs out there that are difficult to make and companies want to get their returns. And folks are saying, hey, you know what? Like, how can we generate these sort of sales as, as long as possible? So that's the tension between drug makers and public health advocates. Yeah. How, healthcare and drug prices are very messy. And uh, <laughs> so there's about, there's about as many opinions out there as there are drugs. That's all for today, Thursday, February 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.